Let us pray together, shall we? Father God, thank you. Thank you for who you are and thank you for what you have done. And Lord, sometimes we need to be reminded of how great you truly are. Humble us now in your presence as your children gather in this place to worship you. Humble us, Father, as we acknowledge our dependence upon you. Humble us, Father, as we acknowledge how great and awesome you truly are. Humble us, Father, as we acknowledge that we need you. We need you right now, Father, to come visit your people and to fill us with your precious, sweet spirit. For Christ's sake, amen. We're looking at the book of Ephesians. Um, this morning we looked at uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 3 and Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus and we talked about how that prayer was also for us. It's, it's God's word for us today and what is God saying to us today? And then Paul goes into this uh, doxology again. He, he goes back into saying, whoa, how awesome God is. And he talks about the power and the love of God in Ephesians chapter 3, beginning with verse 21, uh, 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now to him who can do more than anything we can think or imagine. What is the most powerful thing that you can think of? Anybody? A rocket. God is more powerful than a rocket. A hurricane. Our God is bigger than a hurricane. The black hole. Now that's now that's pretty pretty far out there, but God is more powerful than the black hole. Yes, ma'am. The solar system. And who created the solar system? God created the solar system. And the power behind all of those powers is the Lord God. God has the ultimate power power. God has the ultimate power. All power comes from God. So why are we afraid? If you can think it, God's bigger than that. If you can imagine it, God is bigger than that. For that matter, Anytime we try to describe God, we limit him because our understanding of the words we use only put God into little packages. But that's the only way we can communicate about this immeasurable God who created everything that there is. But the ultimate power of the universe is the God who came to us in Jesus Christ and died for us. That ultimate power demonstrated his love on the cross of Calvary. Earlier in this letter that Paul wrote, he, um, he said this to the 
to the church. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And what Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus and what God is saying to us, if we would just open our eyes and experience the, the awesome power of God, what a difference it would make in our lives. What different people we would be because of the awesome power that God has, that he is. And when we understand the awesomeness of God, when we have a, a little bit of a concept of how big he is, it changes our lives. It changes everything about us when we base it on a living, loving God. And that power, the power that created the universe, is in the church, said Paul. And God wants to use his church as, as a power source for his spirit. And as we come together as the people of God, the power of God is released when we come together, when we are united, when we don't have anything between us or God, then the power of God flows through us and through the world in which we live. Why don't we see the power of God unleashed among us? And I'm not talking about any supernatural events. Some people crave that stuff. I don't, I don't need to walk on water. Now, there are a couple of times I wish I could, but I, 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 don't, I don't need that for me to believe that there is a living God. I, I don't need to hear voices. I don't need to speak in tongues. I don't need any of that because God has demonstrated his power and his love in my life. What I want is I want the power to love that God has for me. And that's the way we demonstrate his power is by loving one another. And we've got that power inside of us. And that power is released when we are united. When we come together as the people of God, when we have our spirits united in worship on this one God who created us and called us together as his people in the world today. And when people see that love and see us working together and loving one another, then people outside are going to say, I want to be a part of a group like that. They're going to say, I, I, I want some of that kind of love. I, I, I want what they've got. Are they saying that now? Do people see us? as that powerhouse of love. People of God gather together in worship with an awesome God who loves us. And out of our response to his love, we love one another. Any kind of power that you can imagine, our God is bigger than that. And it's the power of love. Can we love one another like that? No. I can't love you. But God can.
And you can't love me. But God can. And husband and wives can't love each other. But God can. And we can't love the world in which we live. But God can. And God wants to use us as instruments of his love. Does that sound meaningful for you? Would you like to have that kind of power within you? Would you like to be involved with a group of people who loved one another unconditionally? I would. But you know, I was told if I found the perfect church not to go there because I'd mess it up. And I told Randy, I said, Randy, I don't want to go there and mess up what you've done for 37 years. How do we get there? How do we allow that kind of power to be evident in our lives towards each other? It's in our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ where we put him first in our lives rather than ourselves. And we start thinking about one another before we think about what we want. Because that's what love does. That's the love of God, is that sacrificial giving of self to others. And when we lay down our lives the way God, the ultimate power of the universe, laid down his life for you. When you experience the depth of that kind of love, it changes who you are. And out of that, we become just different people. Once we realize God is in control, our lives change. God has set before us a hope that changes the way we live. We begin to live in response to the power of God's love in our lives. To live in response to that kind of love changes everything. When the eyes of our hearts have been enlightened, our lives are different. You say, how, preacher? How does that work? Let me give you a few examples. And I'm going to give these examples uh, from, from the scripture. Life is different knowing that God is in control. Uh, you remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? You, you remember those guys. And, and they refused to, to bow down to the pagan god, to the king. And the king got mad at them. I mean, these were young men and... They believed in God and worshiped God, and, but they said this to him. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So they were willing to be thrown into that fiery furnace. And even if God didn't save them, they believed in a God who loved them. Do we have that kind of love for God? 
Do we have that kind of belief that when we're confronted with, with obstacles in our lives, when we're confronted with, with issues that cause our faith to be tested, that do we just cave in and say, well, I, I don't want to uh, make them unhappy. I don't, I don't want to upset them. I, I'm, I'm, I'll just back off from that one. Or do we, do we have that power to love even in the midst of times when life doesn't go the way we think it should go? Or take Abraham, Abraham's son, Isaac. And y'all remember Abraham and he was elderly and God said, you're going to have a child. And Abraham, his wife laughed at him. I'm too old for that. Uh, and he probably was. I, I'm convinced that we have our children when we're younger for a purpose. It, it, keeping up with them when we're growing up is hard work. But, but Abraham said, I, yeah, that's not going to happen. And God allowed them to have a child. And then God said, Abraham, let, let me see if you really believe in me. Take your child and sacrifice it on the altar. And Abraham took Isaac, walked up the hill, and took his knife. And he was about to plunge the knife into his only child's heart to offer it as a sacrifice. Because he believed, quote, God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Abraham believed that God was a God who was an awesome God of power and love. And if God wanted to, he could bring Isaac back to life. He believed that. So he was willing to sacrifice his only son for the God that he believed in. Are you willing to sacrifice your family for the sake of the kingdom of God? Are we willing to give up family? Or is that more important to us? In God's kingdom do we allow our family to take precedent over our love for an awesome God who gave you your family God did can God take care of your family yes he can does God love your family does God love the people you love more than you do Yes, he does. That's how big our God is. So when we come up with situations where family is not doing the things that we want them to do, do we try to fix it? Or do we give them to God? And say, okay, Lord, they're in your hands. You take care of them. Do we really believe that we have a God of ultimate power and love who's able to take care of those that we really love? Or do we feel like God needs a little help in taking care of people around us? When we believe in a God, an awesome God of ultimate power, who has love that we can't measure, when we believe in that kind of God, we will turn our family loose and let God have them.
Now that was pretty good. Now y'all got real quiet when I got to that part of it. Um, and that is a, 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 a touchy subject for a family-centered church where lots of family members are here. So, we, you know, we, we want to take care of family. We don't, we don't want to uh, put family down. No, and I'm not putting family down. But the scriptures say, if we don't love God more than we do our mother and father and brothers and sisters and children, then we're not right with God. Our relationship to God should be so close that our love for Him is like we hate our parents and family members. Because we believe that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift and that God's going to take care of our families. He's going to take care of my children. He's going to take care of your children. You know, the world is a crazy place to live today. And things are not going the way I want it to go. It's a different world. My parents told me the same thing when I was growing up. It was a different world for them. And, you know, and we turned out decent. We're still here. <laughs> and God was faithful, and God will continue to be faithful. I don't care what the world throws at them. Because my God is an awesome God. And my God loves me and loves you, and loves my children, and loves the, the people of this world more than we do. If we'll just let God be God, and not worry about the things that God is going to take care of, our lives would be much simpler, easier, fruitful, joyful, peaceful. One of my most favorite Scriptures is a little David when he was a shepherd boy and went out to uh, to fight Goliath. Now, little David believed in an awesome God. And when I grew up, I they used to call me little David. I used to be little. Don't you dare laugh at me. <laughs> but they used to make fun of me when I was short and thin. Now they make fun of me because I'm short and fat <laughs> but little David went out to fight a giant and he was probably a teenager he was he was young and as he went out to fight this giant he went out in the name of God and he went out believing that God was going to give him victory over that giant. You know why David believed God was going to give him victory over the giant? He said, because the same God who gave me victory over the bear and the lion is going to give me victory over this heathen. The, his experiences in life had demonstrated to him how powerful God was and how much God loved him and how God was going to take care of him. And based upon his experiences with God, because he had come to know a God who was an awesome God, who was going to fight his battles for him, he went in the name of that God to fight Goliath. And God gave him victory. So when you come up against obstacles in your life, when you're facing 
difficulties and circumstances and, and issues in, in your life, what do you do? How do you respond when something happens that you've got to overcome? How do you deal with the fear of COVID? The uncertainties of it. You see, there's, there's no fear in love. And if you believe that God loves you, you have no fear. You don't have to fear COVID. Don't be afraid of it. Be safe. But don't be afraid because God's got you. Now, what does that mean? It may not work out the way you want it to work out. It may not work out the way I want it to work out. But God's got me. And I don't have to worry about COVID. But I'm not going to stand in front of the train and, and say, okay, train, don't kill me either. You know, God gave us a brain to use. And he expects us to use that in the world in which we live. But at the same time, there are circumstances that we don't control. God does. So when you want to run up against financial issues in your life, what, what do you do? How do you respond? Do, do, we, do we worry about it? Do we stay up late at night uh, thinking about how we're going to make ends meet? Or, 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 or how do we deal with problems that come into our lives each and every day? And I don't know what problems you may be facing. I know what some of you are facing. But if you believe in a God of love and power, then you have confidence to face tomorrow. If you believe in a God of love and power, there is no fear. If you believe in a God of love and power, then you can trust and obey because there's no other way. If you believe in a God of love and power, then no doubts will destroy your life for you have a hope that is eternal and that hope gives you confidence and joy to live life to its fullest so what God is saying to us today through his word is and and it was back in, in Ephesians chapter 3, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. If you can imagine what God's going to do in your life, God's going to do bigger than that. If you can think about the, the best case scenario for Round Oak Baptist Church, God can do bigger than that. If we leave it in his hands and we don't mess it up. Let's let God be God in our lives. Let's let God be God in the church. Let's be the church where we love one another because we've experienced the love of an awesome God. Let us pray. Father, I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened, 
in order that we may know the hope to which we have been called and the incomparable great power for us who believe. Now to him who is able to do more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Friends, we serve an awesome God. How do we respond to that awesome God? And this gives us an opportunity to do that. Um, Paul is going to play. And as she's playing, if God has spoken to you in some way, we invite you to come and share it with us. I don't know what it might, maybe you would like this fellowship of believers to pray for you. Something specific that you would like prayer for. We'll do that. Or maybe there's something in your life that you need to get right with the Lord or with somebody else here. I don't know what God is saying to you, but I know what his word says. And the scriptures say, if we're not right with each other, then we're not right with him. So whatever God lays on your heart, you do that now as the Spirit of God moves in your life. Because you see, we have an awesome God.